Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis. Join one of the Adelaide 36ers' favourite sons as we deep dive into everything past and present about one of the most storied franchises in the NBL. It's Sixers Fix, your Adelaide 36ers podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sixers Fix, your Adelaide 36ers podcast. I'm your co-host Chris Pike, but this show is called Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis for a reason. So let's get straight to the to the man, the former four-time championship winner as a coach and a player with the 36ers. He started halftime on the on the on game day on NBL TV last weekend. He's a coach of the club. He's sweltering in the Adelaide Heat right now. Scott Ninnis, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Chris. Elizy, 44.8 degrees here today in Adelaide and uh, still currently at 6.30, it's still 43. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we, we've had some incredible heat uh, and, and a little bit concerning, you know, this early in the season. I think uh, January and February might be a little warm this year. Looks that way. And also, the build-up to game day for you against the Illawarra Hawks on, on Friday night is a Barossa Valley trip for you which in the 45-degree heat, which is going to take some some surviving. Mate, they've uh, they've re-upped it now to 46 degrees, mm, and wow. if it's 46 degrees in Adelaide, it's going to be about 48 or 49 in the Barossa. So, uh, yeah, the aircon uh, needs to be uh, – I probably need to turn that about half an hour on before I get in the car tomorrow. And, uh, uh, yeah, she's going to be a scorcher, mate, but that's uh, that summer in Adelaide, I suppose. It's uh, <laughs> just one of those things. I don't know how many of those big Barossa red wines these people will be tasting tomorrow, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure we'll have a fantastic time with them regardless. Before we turn our attention to the basketball, if anyone wants to go on a wine tour with you, how can they get in touch and what can they look forward to? Oh, very easy to find, mate. Premium Wine Tours by Scott Ninnis. Uh, uh, just Google me. You'll find the website, Facebook, Instagram, TripAdvisor, all those things. And we only deal in very uh, small group tours, so generally a maximum of six. Uh, we've got two vehicles, uh, a Holden Caprice and a Mercedes-Benz uh, V257 Cedar. So, yeah, we basically personalise private tours for people. Um, tomorrow I've got a couple from Germany uh, who, who are into their wines who are coming to see wineries from a different part of the world. On Saturday, I'm taking six people to McLaren Vale for a, a small Christmas show. So, yeah, we'll basically put the day together however people want, do some behind-the-scenes stuff and uh, barrel tasting and meet the winemaker. And, uh, yeah, pretty special and uh, spectacular type of day. No, it sounds fantastic. Certainly encourage anybody to get in touch and you can also enjoy Scott's company, of course, which is another great, great bonus. Um, <laughs> now, let's get into last weekend, Scott, because it was a it was a terrific one for the Adelaide 36ers. They now sit in fourth position on, on the NBA ladder, 8-7 and seven record and only one game behind... Melbourne, who are in third spot as well. So that third spot's certainly out of reach of the 36ers all, all of a sudden with the form that they've been in lately. And it was Jerome Randall who got the job done in both games, hit the game winner, obviously, on Friday night at home against the South East Melbourne Phoenix and did it all again on Sunday against the New Zealand Breakers over, over in Auckland. What can a weekend like that do for this 36ers team? Oh, look, I think from a confidence point of view, it, 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 you come out firing. I mean, it's, you know, if we were saying, you know, even three or four weeks ago that the Sixers would be, you know, challenging for the third spot, it, it probably would have seemed out of reach. Mm. But, uh, you know, it was, it was two really, you know, really good hard-fought wins and uh, they can give you a lot of confidence. Um, you know, the South East Melbourne Phoenix, you know, probably that the main other team along with Cairns that are fighting out for that uh, for that fourth position. So to, to beat them is, is a great win uh, and then 
to win on, on the road against anyone is 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 great. Even uh, you know, even New Zealand that just seem to be the poster child for everything that's wrong in basketball <laughs> at the moment. Yeah. I, oh, what the hell's going mm. on over, over there? But uh, you know, they you, you still got to you know you still got to deal with that travel and go over and and, and get the win, which uh, you know which which we did. So that's uh, just a huge confidence builder. You just got to make sure this you know the the Silverware game tomorrow night it can be a little bit. You know, maybe looking ahead to Cairns, thinking that's going to be a tougher game. But, uh, you know, you're going to have a team. You're going to see some people that you haven't seen before. And, uh, you know, obviously there was a hype about Lamelo Ball and him not playing now. You just can't sleep on anyone in this league. But they, they really need to come out firing. They should take care of business tomorrow night and then go up to Cairns and, and, and hopefully back it up up there. Yeah, and you're right. This weekend's massive because all of a sudden you win them both. You could be in third spot, but... If you have a slip up against the Hawks, and they're, they're still a capable team, as as bad as they're playing right now and as bad as their record is, they could still pull a surprise, and all of a sudden that can trip is a real tough one. So you could be looking at a third place finish with a good weekend, or you could end up back in sixth spot behind Cairns and Southeast Melbourne. So this weekend is massive to back up the momentum from last weekend. But touching on last Friday night, that game against the Phoenix, it was a it was a cracking cracking game. It was a terrific game of. Of, of basketball obviously both teams you know combined for 224 points and some great shooting great plays were made and it was it seemed like it was always going to come down down to to the last second and Jerome Randall hit the biggest shot of the game and then Mitch Creek obviously missed a layup at the end which decided the game um was that one of the more entertaining games you've seen so far this season Mate, we, we went to the game and I don't think emotionally it had so many ups and downs mm. and, and you sort of, you know, you sort of rode the wave of the, you know, the highs and the lows and it was, it was exhausting just watching it and it was a, it was a terrific game and the, you know, I thought that it was probably the, the crowd got into it probably more than any crowd I certainly game that I've been to this mm. year and that, that was exciting and, you know, or, you know, sort of right behind that last lap of Mitch Creek and, you know, I thought, I thought he was going to make that and uh, uh, fortunately for the 36ers uh, you know that rimmed out but um, yeah just a terrific game and uh, you know there'll be a lot of happy spectators that came to that game and uh, yeah certainly we'll uh, we'll come back for tomorrow night you'd imagine mm. after seeing a performance like that Big game for Harry Froling his best game of the season broke out with, with 19 points and showed some of the form we saw from him last season the week before after the loss in Melbourne post game Jerry Wright had some Probably unflattering comments about the way he might not be as motivated perhaps this season as he was 12 months ago. Um, What have you noticed from Harry this season different to last year and how happy were you to see him get back to some of that that intensity that he did show last season probably more than than anything? Oh, I think with him, he, 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 you know, it's, it's a real. Um, it's, it's just he he rides that, th- that that thin line where the the emotions can take him one way or another. And mm. I mean, he was terrific and, and, and had had a great game. Um, uh, but you know, emotions got the better of him, and he, he got that tech foul. Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't necessarily mind that. I, I, he's playing at a level he has to play with that sort of intensity. Yeah. I think the, to get the best out of him. But you know, he just needs to. You know, really make sure that he keeps those emotions in check and they don't go overboard. But yeah, you know, we've spoken about it, you know, on these podcasts earlier that Adelaide, 
you know, to, for them to be successful, they need to get, you know, cameos out of, out of the majority of the team. And they certainly did that in that game, yeah. uh, you know, various times. You know, they had a lot of different people stand up and, and you know, Daniel Dillon's getting getting more time now and, and he's really contributed in some minutes. And, and we, we, you know, we were speaking to Brendan T shortly. And, uh, you know, and, and I think that, you know, Eric Griffin's now playing some fantastic basketball mm. and, uh, um you know, for the most part, being able to stay out of out of foul trouble, and and you know, they're they're just really getting you know contributions from right across the board. And if they if they can continue to do that, you know, I would ex- oh, not only would I think that they got a chance of being in the four, I would expect them to to get in the four and and play finals. So let's just hope you know they you know you know that Randall's you know and DJ your two main guys, um, you know, Drimmick's taken a you know quantum leap mm-hmm. forward this year, and and you know in all aspects of the game, I. Think and um, you know, guys are selling into their roles now, as you would expect to at this time of the year. And uh, yeah, they just need to keep this momentum rolling. And uh, you know, good things can really happen for them. Absolutely. Um, you were you were there in the building. What? How was Mitch Creek received back in Adelaide? And what did you what did you make of seeing him in opposition colours for the first time? Oh, look, it's it's you know we we've uh, it's disappointing seeing him play for another team after you know eight years with the thirty sixers. Uh, there was certainly no angst towards, well, certainly not from what I heard towards towards him personally, and and, and neither there should there be. I mean, you know, we all all know when, what went down. Well, from what we read, from what went down with that, and and I don't think anyone's got any ill will towards towards Mitch himself. Um, you know, the circumstances were unfortunate, and you know, under different circumstances, you still. Could be playing here, and uh, yeah, imagine the Adelaide team with Mitch Creek. Yeah. You know, it could be uh, could be pretty special. But you know what, shit happens. Mate. That 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 happens in basketball. People move on, and you know it's very rare in this day and age you ever see someone at the one club. And uh, you know he's having a terrific year, and uh, you, you know has to be in the conversation as, as an MVP candidate. But I think we would take uh, you know you know playing in the in the playoffs if if they missed out and he won MVP. Mm-hmm. I, I think all Adelaide yeah. people would be happy about. So, uh, yeah, it's just the way it goes, mate. What about backing up the win on Sunday? How important was it to go and play one of the bottom two teams? And it's it's still tough to do on the road, especially over in Auckland. But to get that win in New Zealand, um, Jerome Randall and, and DJ combined for 55 points. So when they do that, I'm not sure the 36ers are going to lose too often. But how important was it to, to get that win? Oh, look, this is just the way they approached the start of the game and, you know, got that big lead early. And, you know, I was a little bit concerned, you know, going to that second half with, you know, that travel to, to get over there and, and it looked like they were starting to starting to, to wear down. But on the flip side of that, when you dig yourself a 20-point hole, you expend a lot of energy and emotion getting back into a game like that. So I, I always felt that, you know, perhaps New Zealand were going to end up, you know, fatigued as well. So... I, I think their approach to the game and the way they started was was key to uh, to hanging on to that game and and once again I mean you know, any any win on the road in this in this league is is worth its weight in gold you know you take care of your home court and and you pinch some games on the road here and there and you're going to be a finals finals team and uh, you know New Zealand's you know they they've got some good players um, you know once once again it's it's from the outside looking in there's it just seems to be you know one disaster after another mm. but uh, you know they're going to beat some teams over there yeah. too you know it's, it's not like they they're going to lose every game for the rest of the year you wouldn't, you wouldn't expect so um, that that win was was huge to back up after the home game here and as we said it uh, it sets the 36s up nicely. What about Jerome Randall across the two games he had. 
He had 55 points. He was also passing the ball pretty well. He had he had 12 assists across the two games as well and obviously hit the two game winners in both games. Um, does that put him in the MVP calculations for this season or how do you see Jerome right now? Uh, I probably don't think it puts him in the MVP considerations and I, I don't necessarily say that as being a bad thing mm-hmm. either. I think he's... He's he's come back to this team and has tried to fit in and and you know really be a team first guy you know his first few games back and I, and I think that's really helped the 36ers out and it's 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 probably established DJ you know as, as the main go to guy but you know you, you certainly can't sleep on Randall and as we saw by last weekend so no I think he probably he probably isn't in MVP considerations but that's not he's certainly one of the very best players in the league there's no yeah, doubt about well, that if he's winning games I think that's more important than winning MVP sure. awards and that's what he's doing right now um, having a look across the league overall some of the other results from round 11 Thursday night Perth Wildcats went up to Cairns and beat the Taipans 88 to 84 and the Sydney Kings hammered Melbourne at Melbourne Arena on Saturday 104 to 81 Perth Wildcats probably did as expected. At home, beat the Brisbane Bullets 86-78. to South East Melbourne Phoenix in a cracking overtime game came from the clouds with John Robeson delivering an a incredible individual performance to, to win in overtime 112-105 to over the Taipans. And then Melbourne United in a pretty ugly flat sort of a game on Monday night beat the Illawarra, Illawarra Hawks 94-73. to Anything stand out from the other games across the weekend? Oh, John Robertson and that yeah. South East Melbourne Phoenix. I've just, just finished watching the, the fourth quarter and, and the overtime mm. again. And in fact, I only need to watch probably the last 11 seconds of the fourth <laughs> quarter and then overtime. And, and I can't remember seeing a performance mm. like that. That was just incredible. I reckon. Uh, I don't reckon Jared Kenny would have slept all that well uh, mm. that night after that game. Uh, you know, he had the lazy cross-court pass uh, in the second to last play yeah. and then in, in, you know, to turn it over and then yeah, you know, the the, the, off the inbounds pass and then, yeah, he ended up on Robertson and, and you know, prob- probably could have, well, if he fouled him, they go to the line for, for two, for two yeah. shots rather, rather than get a three. And uh, it was probably three fairly critical mistakes. And <laughs> yeah, uh, But then, you know, take nothing away from him. I mean, he was, uh, you know, he was just playing with them in that overtime and, you know, that behind the back and then the, the one-foot runner and those threes were just, uh, just amazing. I mean, what a... Yeah, you know, what a spectacular player and, and shooter, and and that yeah, you know, they he got them out of jail because that would have been a that would have been a really really mm. you know bad loss for them the way this uh, this season is playing out. But it, it now keeps them in the hunt, and by the same token, it you know that 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 can mentally do a lot of damage to a team. And uh, you know, I, I've I've seen that firsthand. Losing uh, you know, we lost two games in my last year where we were you know four up with twenty seconds to go with the ball, mm. and, and those. At the time, you just try and move on as quickly as possible. But if you don't address what actually happened and the mental scars of that uh, that can cause, uh, you know, the next time you get in that situation, things can fall apart pretty quickly yeah. as well. So, uh, um, yeah, well, I just found that just just incredible, uh, incredible game of basketball to watch, and yeah. uh, it was certainly the highlight of the weekend for me. Yeah, for sure. I guess we'll find out a lot of those answers about how the Taipans respond when they host the Thirty Sixers on on Sunday, which we will get to shortly. But before that, very special guest on this week's Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis. And first time we've had a current player on the show and we've gone for the co-captain, Brendan Tease, who is in some terrific form right now. What have you What have you made of Tease over his career in Adelaide and, and what he's doing right now? 
Oh, look, I think he's, you know, he's entering his seventh year with the 36ers, which is an amazing statistic for a guy who is, whose numbers, you know, are never going to sort of stand out and, and scream superstar. But, you know, he, he's, he's obviously has a very special bond with Joey Wright. And, you know, having a player that you can trust to do the right things for you is is, is absolutely gold as a coach. And, uh, look, you pretty, it's pretty hard to, to find fault. You know, since he's been moved into the starting lineup, uh, you know, it's been the turnaround for their season. And, and certainly it's, it's, you know, he's just playing his role. But I think what it's done is it's it's given, you know, the Jerome Randalls and and. And Daniel Johnson and Anthony Drimmick, the, the green light to know that they're the scorers, you know, in that uh, you know that first group. Um, and then you know, Tease and, and Obi Shea are just going to come in and do their thing and defend hard and and get the ball to the right people. And uh, it, you'd have to say at the moment it's it's a bit of a masterstroke mm. by uh, you know by Joey Wright. I think there were some people that sort of raised their eyebrows when when Tease was signed for two years before the start of this season and. Um, um, you know, as was Kevin White. And, but, you know, I think what Joey does is he shows loyalty to players. And if you're a player, that is, uh, you know, that speaks volumes. You want to play hard for that person because they know you got the, you know, that he's got your back. And, uh, uh, yeah, he's in some really good form at the moment. Had that 22-point game a couple of weeks ago and uh, heading to Christmas uh, in the fall, which you mm. can't ask much more than that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's get straight to it then. Let's hear from Brendan Tees. Back here on Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis and very special, special guest. The first time, Scott, this season that we've been able to, to track down a, a current player and why not go right to the top? We've gone to the co-captain, Brendan Tees, who, let's be honest, he's in some of the best form of his career right now. He's He's been a really important member of that starting lineup since Joey threw him in there. So great to have a chat to him him this week. So fascinated to, to pick his brain a little bit. Um, Teasy, thanks very much for joining us. All right. Thanks for uh, having me. Uh, now, Teasy, uh, just um, just on the on the co-captains, there's a as you'd be aware, mate. There's a bit of a trend going on in Adelaide over the last couple of seasons. Both the Adelaide Crows and uh, Port Power had co-captains last year, and it, it's continued with the 36ers uh, this year. But uh, it was a bit of a different scenario as far as the captains went this year. Can you tell us, uh, fill us in, just let us give us a bit of information about that? Yeah, so um, I don't know what it was like with, with your time here, but. Um Definitely, since I've been to the club, uh, the players have always voted for captain. Yep. Um, and this year, you know, I really got the idea from, like, um, this year we kind of wanted people to apply for the job. And then there was a, a panel of, of coaches who decided um, who they wanted to be as captains. So, uh, it turned out that me, me and Kevy Kevy White were the only two who applied for the job, and we actually applied for co-captaincy. And um, yeah, we we're lucky enough to get the job. Now, a uh, little birdie tells me, mate, that uh, as far as applying for the job, you might have put down uh, Brett Maher as a referee for the job. Now, <laughs> mate, as, as far as kissing ass, you can't do much better than that than go with the legend of the club, can you? So that, that's probably a little bit unfair to anyone else that was would have thought about applying. I'd, I'd imagine. <laughs> And um, I was always going to ask him from the start because obviously I've had a little bit to do with Marzi. He's uh, when I first got to the club, um, he was actually working in the front office. So um, no, Marzi, I'm uh, pretty comfortable with Marzi. So yeah, just uh, in passing, just kind of asked him, would you be happy to be a, a referee or you know, give me help me help me out with the application? And yeah, he was happy to oblige. And um, yeah, I had a couple others there, but none none by the stature of the eight Marzi. 
there. That's uh, mate. Go, going back to you know the start of your NBL career and uh, um, you know growing up, uh, you know as, as a fan of the Brisbane Bullets, then to be able to sign as a development player for them, uh, it must have been the best of times, and then very quickly the worst of times when when they folded. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that situation? Yeah, obviously I was a, a big fan of the Bullets growing up. I was a for a number of years, and I remember seeing the fourth row being able to watch them during the championship run. So uh, a couple of years after that, JB um, came out and watched a few state league games up in Brisbane, and then uh, after one of the games, approached me and invited me to come be a development player for the club. Yeah, I ended up going to a few off-season sessions where the boys are kind of just, you know, scrimmaging, staying in shape, and a few weight sessions and stuff like that, and then the next thing I know, the, the bullet folded, so, um, <laughs> yeah, so that, that was kind of just me to uh, kind of look after my own body, obviously I was, you know, still a scrawny little 17-year-old or something like that, so, because I didn't have any trainings and uh, I got to go to, so, but you just, transition from from being a little boy to a little bit of a man so um, <laughs> you know I guess I guess there's silver lines to everything but yeah that's, that's how it went and uh, you know bullets uh, blaze uh, two games for the towns of crocodiles in 2012 I, th- I think the thing that really stood out to me looking at your bio was that uh, you played your entire MBL career apart from those two games under Joe Right, uh, you know it must be a, just, a, just a special bond that you you guys have now, and uh, um, I, I guess you probably couldn't imagine playing for anyone else at this stage of your career. Yeah, no, I've I've got a lot of respect for Joey, and he's he's always been there uh, to help me through my career. And um, yeah, like you said, I've played all of my games part two for him, um, and I guess early on he was one of those that really trusted me on the court. Um, I know my first year I didn't play, play a whole lot as a development player, but my second and third year on the Gold Coast, I was actually a replacement player for an injury um, for half for half the season, both years. And, you know, John has given me probably 10 minutes of court time a game as a development player. So he trusted he trusted me out there, trusted what I could do. And, um, yeah, since then I've gone to play a whole bunch more games with him and kind of got that bond where... Like, I know what he's thinking on the court, and he knows what I'm thinking. But, yeah, you can't understand me. So, um, yeah, we really that understanding for each other. And I guess it helps uh, with being a captain that I know exactly what Joey wants and the kind of values sure. that he wants to, he wants to you know, have in the team. Something you just touched on there, you said, you know, he entrusted you even as a development player to play. You know, you were getting getting some decent court time. I guess that's one of the real staples of Joey's teams, isn't it? He He's not afraid to use his bench. Uh, you know, even now we go 11 deep. And uh, I think, you know, knowing my, my brief time as, uh, as as a coach, you know, I don't know I had the confidence to do that, but he, he, mm-hmm. he certainly entrusts his players and, you know, he has everyone playing hard for them and, and heading in the right direction. I reckon that's uh, just a, Terrific attribute for a coach. Yeah, definitely. Like he's he's one of those guys who he doesn't care if he makes him million, you know, a, a few thousand. If you're doing the job, he's going to throw you in there, and he'll he'll trust you, and he's you know fully behind you, he gives you that confidence to go out there and do what you can do. And on the flip side of that, I guess he doesn't kind of expect you to do things that you can't do. 
if that makes sense. So, um, you know, if I'm a young center who doesn't expect you to get out there and, you know, be good on the ball of the court, setting up plays and stuff like that, and just expects you to do what you can do and always say anything about it, the good with the bad. Um, and that's the way he's always been, which is which I think is a great coach. Uh, yeah, let's let's touch on this year a little bit. It's it. Uh, I guess it was a bit of inconsistency to start the season, and um, uh, Joey's now inserted both you and Obi Shea into the starting lineup. And uh, you, you know, it's 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 been a master stroke. I think we've won five out of the last seven games, something like that. And and certainly, you know, last weekend was just huge as far as the the you know prospects of the club as far as the finals position this year. Um, just just give us a bit of a. You know, did he chat you about that? Was that something that he just implemented? And uh, obviously, it's working well. Yeah, no, it definitely is working well for starters. But um, the conversations he's been having with me is that it just gives us a, a whole lot more balance out there. So, you know, it allows us to start the game with, I guess, a bit bit of a defensive presence. Uh, Guy Shandor, obviously Jerome and BJ are uh, two vocal points of the offense, so the more people are out there trying to get them the ball as much as possible, the better. And then on the flip side, you got guys like Romo Moore and Eric Griffin, who you know, Eric's really taking his game to the next level and it's it's been coming off the bench. So it kind of allows him to get his more shots and get himself rolling a bit more um, with the bench squad as well as letting Jerome and DJ get their shots with the, with the starters as well. Oh, look, and I think, you know, obviously it's been a huge turnaround and Eric Griffin's been a big part of that. And I think you're right. It's taken a little bit of pressure off him coming off the bench and, uh, you know, probably probably it's helped him with some of the foul trouble he's got into now. Yeah. I know you can't comment on the foul, on the referees, uh, because you're still playing, <laughs> but I'm a long time uh, retired from playing and coaching. I feel so sorry for Eric Griffin in New Zealand <laughs> the other day. I don't reckon I've seen sport phantom calls on one guy that he, he must have been you know, really frustrated after that game. Uh, yeah, I mean, he let us all know about it too, that he wasn't, he wasn't happy, but, um, yeah, that's the way it goes sometimes. Uh, uh, look, he's, he's just going to go out there and play hard. I think there are still times where he's adjusting to the referees. Sure. Uh, um, but I'll tell you this much, K, KB and uh, Joey at practice don't give him any calls either, try to... <laughs> <laughs> try training up for the weekend. So whatever time we're going to get the whole more best calls during practice during the week. Now, mate, I reckon when KB was playing and uh, Steve Brennan and I were refereeing, we did exactly the same. We didn't give him any calls whatsoever. So it's yeah, probably so just revenge, revenge yeah. what happened to him back in the day. Yeah, he wants me to blame him. So I'll, I'll let him know that that's uh, But yeah, it sounds like he's got to blame. <laughs> and, and your own form, mate, you've probably been a little bit humble with just saying you've been there for defensive reasons. Uh, you know, over the last you know, half dozen games, you've, you've had a 22-point game, a 14-point game, and uh, uh, it just looks like you're playing with, you know, with a lot more confidence offensively when you're out there at the moment. Look, I had a, I had a great off-season and a great pre-season too, I thought. I, I was really happy with my pre-season. Um, and then the, the start of this season, I kind of didn't see too many minutes. But since... Um, getting to that starting role, I've been able to play a whole lot more minutes and find a little bit of rhythm and a bit of flow, which I guess then um, helps your confidence a whole lot too. So I'm out there feeling comfortable, feeling confident, and um, at this stage, knocking shots down, which is which is great. So hopefully, I can keep that rolling towards the end of the year and. Uh, had a few more big performances. Just, just on your off season, there's, there's been a bit of talk about that, and uh, you know, getting yourself, you know, physically into just, uh, you know, really top nick. Can you, can you just expand a little bit 
on that? Was it was it just what you did in the gym? Was it diet? Was it a combination of everything? Or I guess I, you know, I've never um, eaten unhealthily or anything like that. You know, chicken here and there, but I've never really been a takeout guy or anything like that. So I think this off season, um, I just noticed a trend in, in international sport that a lot of guys are trying to bit of weight. Um, there's a bit of research behind them. You know, helping the joints out and longevity in the game. So I thought, you know what, I'll put a crack. Um, and all I did really was just ramp up, ramp up exercise. So I would come home after training in the morning. I'd do a workout in the morning, go to the gym or whatever. Um, and then at night before bed, I'd probably just go for a little 10-minute jog or something like that. And then I also just learned, I learned about food a lot. So I learned how many calories rings, you know, the chicken breast I was eating or in the bowl of rice or something. So, yeah, I knew how many calories were in the foods I was eating and how many calories I needed to um, have energy for training and stuff. And you know, basically just ate less and exercised more, I guess, at the end of the day. But, yeah, there's a whole lot more science to that. And it's, <laughs> it's not as easy as it sounds either. Some days, <laughs> some days I was having to be in that in each of the day. But um, once I hit that weight that, I was happy with and I wanted to be, I think, um, you know, I basically just went back to my regular diet and what I was eating. And talk, talking about, a little bit about, you touched, just touched on longevity in the game and, uh, you know, young family and a uh, little milestone birthday coming up uh, next February, I, I saw, looking at yeah. the bio and uh, the, the, the dreaded uh, 3-0. Um, yeah. You know, the, 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 you're, you're feeling feeling great, the team's doing well. Uh, you know, what what does, you know, if, if you're even looking at it, what, what do you think life after basketball? holds for you not that I'm certainly not sending you on the early retirement but uh, you know if, if three four five years down the track yeah. uh, is coaching something that appeals to you or um, yeah look well, for starters you're allowed to say it's my 30th birthday because it's not a contract year yet so <laughs> next, next year I'm on contract so I think I'm 26 again um, but uh, yeah look down the track hopefully you know I'll be lucky enough to have another four or five years in the game and then the way I see it, I've probably got two options. My dad owns a first business up in Brisbane, um, yep. which, is a pretty, which is a pretty big business. So um, I'll probably, I'm doing a little bit, bit of part-time work for him now. So either I'll probably look at transitioning into that or, sure. I, or I really would be interested in coaching or sticking around basketball. I, I love the game. And, you know, I, I like to think that I'm pretty cerebral when it comes to basketball, so that, that is definitely another option for me that I'll look at if the, if the timing's right and the opportunity's right. Teasy, just well, quickly, if I can. Do. Sorry. Sorry, go, go ahead, Chris. Yeah, no, Teasy, just wanted to, wanted to get your thoughts on Kevin White just quickly because you might have seen a couple of the columns that he's written for the club's website this season. He's talked uh-huh. a lot about you and your relationship and how that's grown and how how I guess humbled he was when you wanted to share the co-captaincy with him and I yeah. guess because of the, the history that you had together, especially going back to that, that Illawarra and Adelaide series a, a couple of years ago. Um, yeah. What was it about Kevin that made you so keen to, to share the co-captaincy with him and, and now can you just talk about the bond that you, you've developed, I guess, between you, the both young families over the last few months? Yeah, well, um, I don't know. I guess Kevin's just one of those guys that I've kind of admired for other teams. He, uh, he, he just goes out there, plays hard, and does what his team to do. And, you know, I, I really respect that. And uh, some of the things he did on those Illawarra teams really in, inspired those teams and probably put them off the playoff track than they had to. And, 
you know, obviously we had those battles against um, Illawarra a few times too. And playing against him, you can see the guys leading the way. And man, I signed in Adelaide. Um, you know, I just gave him a quick message, I think, and said, "Hey, man, if, if there's anything you need, let me know." Um, and he was quick to jump on a response and say, "You know, I appreciate you reaching out to me. I've got a young family, whatever. Can you help me? Maybe just help me do that or whatever." So that's kind of where it started. And I thought during preseason, I just loved the way that he went about things. You know, he, he wasn't afraid to tell people what they needed to hear, um, which is probably something in my leadership style that I, I need to learn. Um, but he, he'll just tell people straight to their face exactly what needs to be said, whether they like it or not. Um, and I really respected that, and I've, I've definitely learned that off him. Um, but on the flip side, he's just, a, he's just a great dude off the court as well. Same, same as us. He's, he's got a young family. His wife, Rachel, is a, a lot too. So our family kind of gets along with theirs. He, he has a little joke because he's got a little boy who's um, probably a year younger than my daughter, but they're always making them you know, kiss each other and <laughs> they get up giggly about each other. And I said, why do you, I need to, I need to talk to your boy, man. And, you need to stay away. So, and how was that, uh, how was that first day that Jerome Randall walked in the, in the door with, uh, you know, the history that those two, him and Kevin had uh, in that series a couple of years ago? I, I, know, guess, I, I, I guess they were happy to be on the same team. I, I would imagine. I'm pretty sure I just, Jerome went up and hugged him and said, I'm glad you're on my team now. <laughs> so, that's fantastic. You must be doing something right, uh, Teasy, and I, I reckon there could be a nickname change uh, in, in the win. I'll tell you why. Now, I don't know whether it's just a lead up to Christmas and that time of the year, but at the last couple of games, home games, there's been a couple of people around me that's starting out the teasers chant. So, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know how you're going with that, but pretty happy being this time of the year, I'd imagine. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm absolutely a big fan of that one. I think that's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of sort of, I had a big chuckle, and there's a few the boys even they're saying they're going to get it blown up on a few t-shirts as well so hopefully not because i'm more of a more of a you know behind the scenes kind of guy and that kind of stuff is a little, is a little bit embarrassing but <laughs> nonetheless i do get a good kick out of it how about fatherhood teasy how your little daughter must be starting to get up and about now and and uh, i'm sure she's she, i'm sure she's keeping you on your toes yeah she's definitely uh she's a bit of a menace right now she's um she's with her mum right now sorting out christmas christmas presents and in those Christmas presents is uh, a little bit of chocolate. So she's she's, she's not she's not stupid. She's taking one chocolate for herself and one chocolate for the Christmas presents. But um, no, nah, I'm I'm loving every single second of it. Um, I, you know, everyone always tells you how how good it is to have a have a kid of your own and stuff. And you don't really believe it until um, until you actually have one. But yeah, I'm loving every single second of it. She definitely keeps us on our toes. But I wouldn't have it any other way. Well, mate, I looked after a five and three-year-old today in forty-four degree temperatures. So, if you love her that Gee much, you're more, than welcome, you're more than welcome to look after them tomorrow as well for me, if you want. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I'll, yeah, I'm fine. Thanks. The two-year-old in the in the same heat is definitely enough for me. I'm, I'm just, I haven't stopped sweating since I went to bed last night. I reckon. <laughs> uh, look, so looking ahead to obviously last weekend was, was a huge turnaround for the club, mate. I mean, that was just uh, just a couple of cracking games, and uh, you know, mm-hmm. great from a spectator point of view. Um, yeah. 
Talk to, talk to us a bit about this weekend. Another another massive win coming. Uh, another hopefully another massive win coming up, but but can certainly uh, yeah put a bit of a uh, bit of breathing space if we can get these two games. Yeah, definitely. I think we're um, we're at right fourth right now, but by the end of the weekend, I think there's probably even potential for us to be you know in third spot. Wow. I don't know how. Uh, no, you could be. Yeah. How, uh, yeah, I don't know. What the, what the load is looking like, but it'll be something like that. And they're definitely two gettable games for us. You never know what you're going to get with Illawarra, though. They can come in. They've got a couple of new pieces, a couple of new imports that, that could be firing this weekend. Um, we've only seen them play one game so far. So, yeah, they can come in firing. They're young, ready to go. And then Cairns right now is, is playing really well as, as well. So, um, it's never easy to go up there and, and play against them. But, you know, we'll, we'll take it one game at a time, Illawarra first, and then see how we go. And then head up to Cairns for the, the big road trip up there and get a bit of a Christmas break. Thank goodness a few of the boys are going home um, after that. So hopefully it's off the back of two wins and everyone can enjoy themselves a bit more. Well, mate, uh, turn the air conditioning off in uh, Illawarra's room tomorrow night. Let's see how 46 <laughs> degrees of uh, scorching Adelaide Championship goes. I know. Thank, uh, thank God we're, uh, we're at the entertainment centre these days because me and the wife are driving home today and we're, we're thinking, man, imagine if it was Titanic Security Arena, 46 <laughs> degrees and, you know, that would be gross. Well, best of luck for the weekend, mate. We really appreciate you uh, coming on Sixers Fix with Chris and myself. Uh, all the rest. Especially for this weekend and for the rest of the season, mate. No worries. Thank you very much. Okay. Thanks very much to Brendan Tees for giving us his time, especially in in the Adelaide heat right now, and when he's got his 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 wife and his and his daughter off wrapping Christmas presents. So, so thanks to Teesy for that, and fascinating to hear Scott catch up with a a current co captain of the club as well. So. So th- thanks thanks to, to both, both of you guys for being willing to, to share that with the public. Let's get into a look at this weekend's games now for the 36ers because they're massive ones in the context of the season. They can, like Teasy said, they can end up above Melbourne in third position if things go well or a couple of losses and they're right back down to, to sixth spot. So plenty riding on these two games. It starts at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre on Friday night. I guess unfortunately for everybody, Lamello Ball won't be with the Illawarra, Illawarra Hawks because of his... His foot injury. They've got a couple of new imports in Darrington, Hobson, and Billy Preston, who are coming off shooting a combined two of twenty-one. So I'm not sure what we can expect from them. But how important is it for Adelaide to not drop this game, Scott? Oh, this is absolute key. It, uh, it to me, it screams danger game. Uh, there's there's going to be a big crowd there. It was was heading towards a sellout, and uh, mm. you know until the mellow ball was put on ice and. Uh, Oh, yeah, still going to be a big crowd there. Although I, I've noticed on Facebook over the last few days that people are trying to flog off some of their tickets, but <laughs> it's going to be stinking hot. Um, you know, people are going to need to look after their uh, their bodies and make sure they're hydrated. And and once again, Illawarra coming in here with absolutely nothing to lose, and that's it's dangerous a team that's uh, in that sort of state. And they they've you know they got some. They got some very good players. It's not like they're they're coming in here with a second second rate uh, you know team. They've mm. got some great Aussies who've been around for a long time. And uh, once again, in saying all that, I expect us to win. But we definitely need to come out with the right attitude and and get on them early. Uh, and and the rest of us should take care of itself. But uh, yeah, certainly a little bit of a danger game at this stage. I'd suggest. How grateful should we all be? Like Teasy said that. 
we've now moved to the entertainment center, not playing in forty-five degree heat at the the old old arena. Well, it's, it's quite simple. I mean, it would be the decision between me going or not going on a day like this, and sure. uh, uh, I'm certainly no all from there. It's uh, um, it's uh, we just hope we don't get one of those uh, power blackouts that uh, mm. <laughs> had a couple of years ago yeah. with old state loss <laughs> power. But uh, uh, look, it, it does. It, it makes the venue comfortable. It's uh, um, you know still going to be still going to be a, a pretty hot uh, hot games. People People are going to be in and out of the heat throughout the whole day, um, but uh, yes, uh, very happy that it's at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre. Then on Sunday, up in Cairns against the Taipans, the Taipans will be fresh, but but stung as we talked about earlier by what happened to them against the Phoenix. Um, this game is massive in terms of that that fourth position because you know coming into the weekend, Adelaide are eight and seven, Cairns are seven and nine. Not much between them, but it's a chance for the thirty sixes to potentially put a put a gap there or. Or a loss, and the Taipans are, are right back there. Um, what are you expecting from this one? Oh, look, you're right. They're fresh, but they're wounded. Uh, you know, that's yeah. uh, that, that sort of loss can do a lot of damage to a team. I, you know, if I'm Jerry Wright, you know, you make sure you come out hard and stay with them. I mean, they'll come out all guns blazing and and you know put points on the board quickly. I would expect. Yeah, you just need to hang around and not let them get too much of a gap. And then once that, I guess that. Emotion sort of wears out of the game. Uh, you know, you can stick with them. Uh, I think we can go up there and get that win. But uh, it'll be very, it's always very interesting to see how a team reacts to that. And especially if the game's close, <laughs> there'll certainly be some nerves yeah. uh, nerves uh, from uh, Mike Kelly's men. And uh, I'm not sure that Jared Kenny would be on in the last uh, <laughs> last minute or two of a close game. And look, that's you know, that's that's just the way it goes. I mean, he you know, he played extra minutes because of because of injury, and and you know, I think he probably. Played Played the entire last quarter, so it's you know yeah, he, he's probably never done that or very rarely done it in his entire career. Mm. So um, it's just one of those things. Uh, I'd expect that, you know, he's a tough competitor. I expect him to come out and, uh, and and put that behind him. But yeah, look, it's 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 a game that could go either way. I'd, I'd I don't know if I'd like to pick a winner. I mean, once again, the home team probably always is his favouritism for the most part. But uh, I think if we can stick with him early and, and put that seed of doubt in their head, that uh, it could be a very good uh, good weekend for the club. Yeah, it could be. I think it'll be an exciting game too. Both teams play really attractive. Basketball could be another high-scoring game, so I certainly encourage everyone to check it out because you, you'll get your money's worth. Um, across the, the rest of the weekend, the round gets underway Friday. For the early game, New Zealand Breakers, South East Melbourne Phoenix. We just don't know what's happening at the Breakers at the moment, so you would think the Phoenix heading to Christchurch, so it's not in Auckland. Um, it's a bit of a travel, but you'd think the Phoenix have to try to build on the momentum from last week. Oh, they do. You know, uh, once again, you don't, you don't need to start talking about must-win games, but you know, you start talking about very important games in the yeah. in the swing of things. That, you know, I'd expect the Phoenix to go over there and and be more settled and, and get that win. But um, uh, you know, now now Webster's well, he he's gone from there he's as gone, well. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess the only other thing is is different people start getting different opportunities, and uh, you know, sometimes you can find a yeah you know, a bit of a diamond in the rough at times. But yeah, I'd, I'd expect the Phoenix to go over there and take care of business. Then on Saturday, Brisbane Bullets hosting the Sydney Kings. I would think the job's well and truly ahead of the Bullets in this one. Yeah, they've they, they've hit that roadblock, haven't they? The Bullets. It's uh, yeah. you know I sort of was enjoying and playing for a, for a while there, and they're playing. Yeah, you know, I quite enjoyed watching them play, but I, I think you know that. 
the season is is now slipping away if it hasn't already. And uh, you know, Sydney just yeah, you know, just too big and strong. Uh, you know, they they t- you know they had their hiccup a couple of weeks ago, but they're uh, you know they're back on deck, and I expect them to win comfortably. Yeah, I think so too. This one's a fascinating one in Perth on Saturday night. Could very well decide second spot, or at least in Melbourne's sort of sake, it keeps them in touch with second spot because if they lose this, they're, they're four games behind Perth. So the Wildcats hosting Melbourne United. Yeah, look, uh, you, know, you, you can't go past Perth at home. Uh, you know, once again, Melbourne, are, you know, it's a, it's a big game for them. But, uh, you know, the Wildcats are home. Uh, you know, history would say <laughs> show you they don't lose mm. too many of them over over the course of the journey. So, uh, you know, I'd expect the Wildcats to The next game on Sunday has probably gone from one of the most exciting games if Lamelo Ball and RJ Hampton were both playing to a bit of a, a, bit of a wooden spoon battle, unfortunately. The Hawks hosting hosting the Breakers. Uh, look, Illawarra probably only because it's home. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they even though Lamelo Ball's out, there. You know, they they haven't had the the dramas of what New Zealand have. New Zealand got to back up and, and travel after playing at home. So oh, I'd, I'd give it to Illawarra, maybe fairly comfortably too. Last up, Monday night. This will be an inter- interesting one. Sydney Kings hosting the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Yeah, Sydney for me once again. I think um, you, you know the Phoenix are. Uh, you know the travel for them now, you know, becomes you know becomes a real thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know they 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 got to start winning some of these seeds away games to, to stay in touch. But uh, that's going to be too big an ask um, after coming back from New Zealand for them. You you would think, yeah. even though they, they're going to get a couple of days break there, but uh, Sydney. For- yeah, a bit of extra distance too, coming back from Christchurch. So that that takes care of round twelve in the in the NBL. All eyes from our point of view will be on the thirty sixes against the Hawks, firstly on Friday night, and then up in Cairns on Sunday. It's been a really enjoyable first part of the season. Season Scott doing this show with you, and hopefully everybody's enjoying listening. We'll move into Christmas now and wish everybody a, a Merry Christmas, and we'll we'll join you after Christmas. But yeah, I'm enjoying putting this together. Good good to be part of the thirty sixes family. Heading towards Christmas now, Scott. What can you leave some of our listeners with? Oh, look, it's been, it's been great fun too, mate. Oh, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, great talking to uh, uh, Brendan Teast today uh, and uh, having a current player. Um, been trying to negotiate with uh, one Kevin Brooks, assistant coach, and all-time uh, 36 are great, but we just haven't been able to make it happen. So we'll catch up with him after Christmas, and that will be a very funny interview. So uh, we'll go into a couple of the old stories and uh, uh, that no doubt will involve uh, Paul Reese and Rupert Sapple and a couple of the other guys. But, uh, yeah, look, I, I'd too just like to wish everyone a, a Merry Christmas. Uh, you know, if, if you're an Adelaide person, uh, stay cool. It's, uh, it's, it's ridiculous here. It's, as I said, it's going to be 46 degrees here tomorrow, and uh, um, it's, it's pretty nasty, and it's always... Uh, dangerous thing with bushfires in and around the uh, Adelaide Hills so uh, yeah just hope everyone's safe and has a great Christmas and New Year's